in-depth and God-filled conversations with some of the brightest names in contemporary Christian music and worship. This is The Artist Interview with Gordon T. And welcome to this week's episode of The Artist Interview. I'm your host, Gordon T, and it's my absolute privilege and pleasure to scour the world of contemporary Christian music and worship and bring to you some of the most talented people with amazing stories and great music. And I'll tell you what, this is going to be a really great week because we've got somebody who's not been on the show before and they are making waves in the world of worship. So I'm looking forward to bringing Corbin Phillips from Thrive Worship to you. Before we meet him, let's hear this first track. It's coming back. And that was coming back by Corbin Phillips from Thrive Worship. Hey, how you doing, Corbin? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Gordon. It's an absolute honor. Where in the world are you, sir? I am in a little suburb of Sacramento, California. It's called Roseville, um, kind of in the northern part of California. Okay. So so for anyone who knows California, quite a nice place to be, I would imagine. Weather-wise, just right now, we're recording this in what? The, the middle of May 2023. Uh, are you hot, cold? Middle of May. It's uh, beautiful today. It's 82 degrees Fahrenheit. I know we're not we're not Celsius over here, uh, and absolutely perfect. No clouds in the sky. Okay, that sounds that sounds lovely. All right. So <laughs> so because this goes worldwide, I've got no idea what season the people listening to it is. So it's always nice to know what you're doing. So okay, it would be good, I suppose, before we find out too much about yourself, and I'd love to know your journey and and where Jesus fits into everything. Can you just tell us what what is Thrive Worship, and where does that come from? Yeah, so um, it's kind of been a fun journey, truthfully. So we, we've we got a church here in Sacramento area called Bayside that we're all part of, uh, whether on staff or just connected to. And so we've been making music together for the last uh, really six or seven years, um, five officially, like signed to a label and whatnot. Um, but really at the heart of what we're doing is we're church kids. We, we love the local church. We're writing music for the local church and our church specifically. It's actually kind of crazy that some of the songs that we've written um, got out as far as they did because we were never intending to do that. But it's just like God, he, he never, his scripture does not come back void. And, and I feel like one of the heartbeats of what we do is we try to write really, really um, scripturally based and sound music. And so um, we're very thankful for the journey that we've been on. It's It's been cool to see some dreams in the in ministry and in the kingdom um, start to get realized as as we're going after things. So yeah, it's, it's exciting. Well, your music is it's reached us here in the UK. And in fact, actually, I should also say a big welcome to our Norwegian audience who are joining us on the show for the very first time as well. So welcome from myself, Gordon T, and of course, Corbin Phillips from Thrive Worship. I noticed something about your church, Corbin. I noticed a tagline. Maybe it wasn't your church. Maybe it was, maybe it was on something like your Spotify profile. It said, a church for people who don't like church. Yep. Well, it sounds almost like an oxymoron. So, um, so <laughs> tell us what that's about. 
Yeah, I mean, I think what I love about our founding pastor, a guy named Ray Johnston, just an amazing uh, heart of God, amazing visionary. Um, he started our church back, oh gosh, it was 28 years ago now. Um, he started our church because in our area, there was two copycat twin suicides um, from teenagers. And somebody reached out to Ray and says, somebody has to start a church in this area for teenagers. Um, and Ray actually said, well, I'm not your guy, so I'll pray about who the person is. And long and short of it all is uh, God reached out to him and got a hold of his heart and he started our church. Um, and I think one of the, the things that was was pressed upon him was to go, I want to, I want this to be a place that um, even if you're a million miles away from God, that you can come here and you can feel comfortable, uh, but you'll also receive um, the truth and you'll receive what is in the scriptures. And so I, I love it because we're not, we don't water it down. It's not like a, you know, it's not something where the Bible is compromised, but it is a, it is an environment that we cultivate where people can come from any background, uh, from any story, and they can feel like they're at home and then they get to receive the word of God. Well, it sounds like a, an unusual thing to be the start of the church, but a, a response clearly from the heart. And God Absolutely. obviously has done something quite amazing. Can you tell us a little bit about the size of church? How many people come? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's obviously ebbed and flowed over the years with, with the pandemic and whatnot. But um, right now, I believe every single weekend between our campuses, which we have seven of right now, um, we're running about 13 to 14, maybe even 15,000 on a weekend. Okay, that's quite big. When you said 13 to 14, I thought it was quite a small church then, 13 to 14, but no, 13 to 14, maybe 15,000. So it's quite, it's quite large. I can imagine there's quite a lot of operational organization that goes into it. Um, how in the middle of operational organization to make everything work for that number of people, do you not get tied down in loads of administration and missing out on the stuff God's doing. I know, I know, I know they are compatible, but it's yeah. a, it, it sounds to me like a challenge. It is. And I think it's a tension we have to, to find on a daily basis, truthfully. And I, I think so much of it starts on a personal level um, and being willing to go, Hey, uh, what I do, my role is so much smaller than the, than the bigger picture. Right. Um, and so I think one, one thing our, our, again, our founding pastor does very, very well is he makes it uh, not a rule, but he kind of goes, Hey, like if you're not in service, if you're not attending a service on a weekend, if you're not uh, getting in your devos every week, like this might not be a good place for you to work. So we, we put a really high priority on um, making sure that we're spiritually fed as much as possible. But to your point, um, you know, we run fast. We do a lot of things. Um, we're trying to take a lot of territory for the kingdom. And so um, it really does come down to what does your personal devotional time look like? You know, I try to find for myself, even once or twice a week where I get in my studio and just uh, open up the Bible, try and, you know, strum some chords and, and have my own time of worship. Um, songs sometimes come from that. And yeah, I think overall it's, it's, a, it's, it's in the mundane, it's in the day-to-day -day trying to get diligent with staying connected to the word. Yeah. If that makes a lot of sense, yeah, keeping Jesus in the middle, even when there's an awful lot of stuff to try and, and fit in. It's, it sounds silly, but sometimes church activity can crowd God out, which oh, is clearly the very, the very opposite of what we're <laughs> trying to achieve. Now, you, meant, you mentioned about it, the, the reason for starting the church being based around that issue with youth and wanting to try and prevent that. So does your church still have a lot of youth involved in it? Is that being part of its focus then? Yeah, I, I love that about our church. So, so we have um, really, it's, it's all, all ages. Um, but we do a kids camp with 
uh, ages like I think it's five to maybe 12 every summer um, that this summer we'll see eight to 10,000 kids come through. Um, we've got summer camps that we do for our high school and our junior high ministries. We've got thriving junior high and high school ministries on the weekends and midweek. Um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're a very, very um, youth centric church. We, we try to, we, our, our pastor also has this phrase of like, whoever wins the kids wins. Um, and I believe that that's true for the kingdom. Okay. That's, that's a good saying. I like that. So in fact, I should ask, it's, and it's rude to ask, but I'm going to ask, anyway, how, how young are you, sir? I'm 32. <laughs> 32. 32 and smiling and looking very happy. That's cool. It's a good age to be. So so you can still do all the stuff with the youth very easily because you still look pretty hip with your cap on and all the rest I'm, of it. I'm getting older. I'll tell you, I'm a dad of three now. And uh, my, you know, my my wife and I have been married now for almost six years, which has been amazing. Um, but I, I'm feeling it a little bit. I just I was playing pickleball actually right before here and I, I'm feeling it in the joints. <laughs> I know you're playing water ball? Pickleball. It's kind of like ping pong meets tennis. It's really Ooh. getting trendy over here. <laughs> that sounds really good. I'm going to have to look that up. That sounds good. awesome. Yeah, I have to practice. So if we ever meet, I can at least yes. do something sensible with, with whatever it is. Okay, fine. I'm, <laughs> YouTube, here I come. Yeah. So it would be good, Corbin, I guess, to hear a little bit about your own personal journey then. So yeah. 32 years, yeah. rewind it as far back as you like. I'd like to know how you came to be a Christian, yeah. how worship got in the middle of your heart, and, and also beyond that, how, how Thrive Worship came about as well. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I come from a broken home. My parents actually split when I was super young. Um, and there was so many challenges, and that's a whole journey that I went on through that. But um, thankfully, I, you know, I, I've still got communication with both parents, um, and it's been a you know, great restoration healing um, process. But um, I grew up in, fortunately, also a Christian home. My mom was a saint. She's absolutely did uh, an amazing job raising me and my two brothers. Um, and I, I actually met Christ when I was five years old in a Salty, the singing songbook, if you remember that. Oh, I love Salty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I have mentioned it to a few people. And no, I don't know Salty. So great. Yeah. That's, yeah, Salty's awesome. We've got we've got the DVD still. Yeah, exactly. So he did a conference out here and I went and I was five and I, I walked forward. I, I truthfully, I don't remember it. And so the next point of my story is, is I remember I went to a Christian high school um, here in California and my sophomore year, I was leading worship. They asked me to lead worship for the the Bible class that we had, which was was kind of a unique thing. Um, so now, what, what age is that? For our international I was, I was listeners? About 12 years old. 12. I was quite young to be leading worship. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then, you know, it's a classroom of maybe 10 kids. It was a very small school. And, um, but what was interesting is I, I kind of was playing guitar and singing at the time. Cause I just wanted to, you know, impress girls or whatever at the time. <laughs> and so I, I remember one, one time in particular, I was leading worship and I started reading the lyrics and for, you know, for whatever reason, I had never really thought about what I was singing and it hit me all of a sudden, like, wait a minute, if, and I knew I knew the Bible, but but if the God that I'm singing about right now really truly did love me this much to send His Son to die, like man, this is much bigger than I thought it was. Because I, I I can't imagine somebody giving up some someone they love for me and my mess and my mistakes and uh, all my flaws. And from that moment on, I felt like uh, God grabbed a hold of my heart. It was this Holy Spirit working. And um, I kind of looked to that moment as the moment that I actually became a Christian. Uh, everything clicked and I, I went forward going like, okay, my, my life is now Christ's. Wow. Hey, yeah. isn't that cool that it was the lyrics of a song that impacted you? And now here you are 
uh, in writing lyrics for songs. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I, I think that's that's so cool. The way God brings that full circle. Any idea which song it was? You know what? I've been trying to rack my brain recently and remember what it was. I do not remember for the life of me, but uh, I know it was a staple. So I'm sure it's it's a popular song out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so that was age twelve. So yep. age twelve, you've you, you've decided to go for God. There's the next twenty years yep. of God journey. So to tell me about what happened next. So uh, I was really into sports. I played baseball um, all through high school and I was actually convinced that's what I was going to do. I had a few scholarship offers and uh, was looking at where to go to, to college. Um, and I had a friend of mine is actually in our band now, another worship leader at the church. His name is Taylor. Um, he and I had a conversation. I had I'd been volunteering at the church, kind of um, helping on the tech team, serving on the worship team here and there. Um, but it wasn't, I wasn't fully diving into it yet. And so I was, I was kind of just having a conversation with him on a missions trip that we were on in Mexico. And I was like, Hey man, like I'm trying to decide what to do in the fall. I've got these college, uh, these college scholarships to go play baseball. Um, and, a, and another opportunity that had come up was a Bible school in Germany. And so I was just getting his advice, like, Hey, what, what do you think I should do? And I remember he looked at me, he's like, man, like, you really think you're going to play baseball? I was like, I don't know, maybe, like, I don't know if I'm good enough, truthfully. And he goes, well, I think you'd be dumb not to go to that school in Germany. I said, okay. So I thought about it and I prayed about it. And long and short of it, I ended up deciding to go out there and uh, spend a year, about eight or nine months out in Germany, going to this Bible school. Um, and ironically ended up, uh, I found myself writing music almost every single day. Uh, I had always loved writing poetry and I, I love art. I love music. Um, but for whatever reason, I never kind of put the two together. Like, Oh, I, maybe I could create music. And so during the time that I was there, I spent a lot of time if I was not in lecture um, creating music and writing music. And for whatever reason that, that then became this like, wow, the, the crosshairs landed. This is the center of, of what I'm passionate about and what I feel like God's calling me to do. I came back to the States, worked at a summer camp uh, for the summer, and then came back home to, to Sacramento and started volunteering at our church. Um, and I remember there was a guy named Lincoln Brewster that was leading worship at the time. And uh, I had just started to start, you know, kind of volunteer in our, our youth ministries again um, and lead worship. And so he had done a worship night um, and after he finished the set, I, I ran forward to the stage and grabbed his ankle, which I'm sure he was like, what is this kid doing? Um, but I said, Hey, I, I just started leading in our, our youth ministry. Do you have any advice? And he's kind of was like, who, who are you? <laughs> like, you're <laughs> Um, and so anyways, he said, why don't you come backstage this weekend and we'll, we'll chat about it. And, um, after that week, we, I started on a journey of, uh, some songwriting and some touring with him uh, helped him write some songs for a few projects of his and, and produce a few projects of his. Um, and then also uh, ended up leading worship on the weekends um, when we started some more multi-site campuses, which was really great. All of that uh, kind of culminated into what happened with Thrive Worship and um, kind of what I'm doing today. And I remember along the journey, uh, there was two, two instances that were just, uh, they, they kind of locked in the calling for me. Um, I was on a, a retreat with some worship leaders. I, I was actually helping with the retreat. I wasn't attending it. Um, and there was a songwriter named Mia Fields that came 
And she did a few seminars and breakouts within the retreat of uh, songwriting and worship leading and whatnot. But she did one in particular where she did a spontaneous uh, prophetic moment, which I was not raised very charismatic. Um, it didn't, it was a little weird to me at first. And I'd had some experiences in the recent history leading up to that, where there were some weird stuff that wasn't of God. And um, I, I remember I had uh, those experiences were kind of making me go, I don't really want the the charismatic thing. So Mia starts into this and and I'm sitting there going, okay, not again. And she goes around and uh, ironically, my wife was in the room and she prophesied over her that she was going to meet her husband, which was hilarious. Um, and then- So, so wait a second, was this before you were married then? Before we really were. Oh, okay. Married. Yeah. Um, we knew each other, but it wasn't, we, you know, we, we weren't dating at all. Um, and then Mia finished the segment and she goes, actually, there's one more. And she kind of points in my direction. I did one of these, like, oh, who's she looking at? Look like, around behind you just in case it could yeah. be anybody else in the room. Yeah. And she goes, oh, great. Now I know it's you. And I said, okay. And she, I'll never forget this. She'll say, she says, um, sometimes uh, the, the, the moments you've seen the spirit manifest in weird ways might have just been a weird person. <laughs> and then she says, if you allow it to, the Holy Spirit will help you write the songs you've always wanted to write, sing the songs you've always wanted to sing and go to the places you've always wanted to go. And I, I wrote it down in, in my notes on my phone that day. And it's, I will never forget that moment. Two years later, I'm sitting, uh, I'm dating my wife at the time before we got married. And uh, at her office building in Sacramento, there was a church plan event uh, and, and they were helping host it at their office. And so we attended and they did the worship set and the pastor got up to speak. And, and right before he speaks, he goes, hold on, I, I just have to say something right now. And he, he kind of turns and finds me in the crowd. No idea who I am. I don't know who he is. Says the same exact thing. And I'm going, what, what is going on right now? Uh, but from that moment and, and every moment since, um, I have known without a shadow of a doubt that, that God has placed a call on me to write music and to sing uh, the songs that I've written and um, sounds like go to the places that I've always wanted to go as well and do that. And so it's been an incredible journey and there's so much nuance in between all of those stories. And, um, and I'm sure at some point on during, during this, I'll, uh, I'll share a little bit about my, my story and my journey with uh, anxiety and panic attacks as well. Yeah. Okay. So, cause I was going to say so far, it sounds really quite easy. Easy breezy, follow Jesus, no problems at all. But clearly the, there is more to come. But that is amazing though. So uh, so for people who maybe they're not familiar, not sure about quite what you're talking about with the experience there of somebody having something that they're speaking over, like a message from God, a prophetic yeah. word. Um, that was really interesting, the fact you said you had that bad experience. Then it, then this came and it, and it felt really positive and really right. She really knew what she was talking about. So, yeah. so there's, you, you felt confident that God was in that. Yeah. But then also then to have exactly the same thing spoken over by another person who again didn't know you at all yeah. when it's such a significant thing. So if they, did, if they didn't know at all, you're even a worship leader at that point, the person oh, who's yeah, no, you know, the second person, that's, that's just wonderful. So God really affirming and speaking to her. And I think that that is true, that if we will ask God, make room, uh, open yeah. our hearts, yeah, he good. does. He does like to speak to us, um, and it, uh, it doesn't always have to be in the, the, the most crazy of ways at all. He can sometimes speak to us in that small, still, quiet voice. Maybe it might be through verses in the Bible if we open up the Bible and just let him speak over us. But sometimes he also does things where you go, "Wow, that's just amazing." God is God is speaking to me 
very specifically, maybe yeah. through somebody else, maybe through a dream, maybe whatever it might be. But it's exciting right. when he does, isn't it, Corbin? So, Absolutely. so that's cool. I'm, I'm, I love that he's um, I love that he's called you that he wants to write the songs with you. Yeah, that's that's so awesome. Okay, so um, so you're writing songs. You 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 got married when six six years ago? Did you say? Yep. Yep. Six years ago. Okay. So so what point did you then actually start working in the church? Then as like full time. Yeah. Worship pastor, are you a worship pastor? Is that your role? I, I'm a, my role is the creative pastor for our team. Um, and I've been on staff and that role has changed over this amount of time, but I've been on staff now for 12 years at, at Bayside. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So that's a while. So, so what is it you're doing then week for week as a creative yeah. pastor then? Yeah, that's, a big, so, that's a big role. Yeah. Like <laughs> so my role primarily um, is just helping uh, cultivate great teams with both our worship and production. Um, and then I also spend a lot of time with like the media side of our comms team, video and social and um, and all that. But but my, primarily I, I'm um, just kind of looking over our teams um, with worship and production. And that can be, you know, anything for, we, we've got. Uh, like I said, we we do youth ministry, we do kids um, ministry, and there's worship and all of those uh, midweek as well as on the weekends. And then obviously um, the weekend is is always what we it's kind of like our our Super Bowl every week. So, <laughs> well, yeah, that sounds cool. Here's a question then: In your time in ministry in the church, what's been the most amazing thing you've seen God do? Yeah, well, I think for me, um, it's it's been the last season uh, of of actually the song pour your spirit out um so uh, i can dive into this testimony um at some point here but but one thing that we've seen as a result of of sharing this song of being vulnerable about what god's doing in our own lives um is as we've shared and then prayed and saying uh, we've seen people start to get healed which is unbelievable one particular one um we were doing a bible conference and uh, we played Pory Spirit out. I shared my testimony. Um, we got a message from a guy who was watching the stream online. Uh, his wife actually is the one that typed in and she said, my husband uh, is blind in his right eye. We had, we had, I believe it was an accident that something happened where he lost sight in his right eye. Um, and they were watching the stream. And as soon as we played the song and prayed, he started crying and she looks over at him and he, he all he does, he, all he could get out was, I can see. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> wow. his sight came back in his eye. Uh, it just gives me chills talking about it today. And I think for me, it's stuff that, that I just didn't think I'd ever see. I, I was, uh, not that I didn't believe that it could happen. I fully believed it could happen. I just didn't think I would see it. Um, and so I've just been really moved by that. And, and I'm, and it also, it opens up this like excitement and wonder for what God's going to do next. Yeah. Wow. Well, I'm excited about it. <laughs> and you, you mentioned about your personal testimony about it. So I think it'd be a great moment really for us yeah. to find out all about that before we hear the track. Yeah. So, um, I walked through a long journey with anxiety and panic attacks. And I, and I want to preface, if I can, just say I, I totally understand this has been a topic in church uh, that has been controversial or um, you know somewhat taboo to talk about. And, and I totally understand that. I think there's a ton of um, there's a ton of great wisdom in being willing to stay connected to prayer and uh, fighting through this journey um, scripturally and through the Holy Spirit. Um, but I also know there's a side that I experienced, which was something's, something's different. Something's not firing correctly in your brain. And, and, uh, it's, it's a long journey, 
I, uh, I had panic attacks from the age of seven until I was 26, um, usually about once a month, sometimes more than that. There was wow, a season, quite a long time. Yeah. There was a season right before I turned 26 uh, where I had 40 days straight of panic attacks. Um, I ended up, uh, I, was, I was engaged to my wife at the time, It kind of when the, the heat of the, the panic attacks, that 40-day period came. And she had heard a uh, commercial for a local church um, in our, it wasn't our church. It was, a, it was a nearby church. Their pastor had been dealing with anxiety for most of his life as well. And he, he wrote a book on it called How to Live in Fear, um, which I had read and it was awesome. Um, a lot of great stuff in there. It felt like, you know, he saw my journey as well with, with what he had gone through. Um, so it was very encouraging to read through that. And so she had heard the commercial and said, hey, why don't, why don't we try to go to that? Um, it was a Sunday night. I didn't, I wasn't leading um, for our Sunday night service. So I was able to go. And I, truth, truthfully, I was a little reluctant. Um, I I had gone through um, so many of these things before. Um, I, had, I had sought out professional therapy and, and counseling through it. Um, you know, I, I didn't actually end up taking any medicine or, or anything like that, but it changed my diet um, and tried to t- handle some things uh, naturally with it. Um, and hadn't really had much breakthrough. And so I was a little reluctant to go. Cause I, I was like, you know, I, I've heard all this stuff. I've read his book. Like, I don't think I'm probably going to be dealing with this for the rest of my life. I don't necessarily want to go subject my myself to hearing the same thing again. And thankfully she dragged me over there and, and we did go. Um, and it was, it was very practical. Um, it was a lot of stuff I'd heard before and it was really great. Um, but here's what happened. We got to the end of the night. And the pastor said, okay. And this was felt so normal. I have to just say that. It just felt so normal. It was very uh, disarming the way he went about this. But he goes, I'm going to pray. Some of you are going to get healed tonight. Some of you won't. And I want you to know that no matter what your result is, God's sovereignty is still at work. And he starts praying. And as soon as he started praying, again, remember, I'm not the most charismatic background here. I felt like God was pushed, like something was pushing on me. Felt like the presence of God was pushing on me, and I'm like, so there, was no, there was no, there was no one there pushing you. No one, no one. Presence there. of God. Okay. Yeah, and and I legitimately am like having a hard time staying standing up while he's praying. Uh, he he says Amen, and I instantly sit down, and I'm bawling. I mean, like just the the tears are just flowing out, and I'll tell you immediately, I knew something had changed. I, I knew immediately that that something was different. Um. I remember I went up to the pastor afterwards and I, I told him my story and he, he kind of looks at me and goes, wow, I, I think God just did a miracle in your life. I've not had a panic attack now for the last six years. Wow. Wow. That's a wonderful testimony. And I have the privilege of meeting so many different people and I hear so many testimonies that they continue to surprise me, <laughs> but they're amazing the way that God steps in and brings a sudden moment of change. And it's, I'm so glad you went that night because it changed your life. <laughs> but I'm also glad you went that night and you shared it today because it gives hope for those people who like you, you, you were thinking you're going to have it for the rest of your life. And it's true that some people won't be healed, like, like the pastor said, but for some people, that was a night of change. And, uh, you know, is there anything else you want to say about the song though, before we play the song? You know, I think, um, 
Yeah, there is. I, for me, um, as a result of of this healing, as a result of writing this song, and I want to say on the song, when we wrote this, it was a beautiful writing session. We were on a songwriting retreat in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, and, you know, sometimes those can be really regimented and and I, I love it. It's it's all good stuff. I'm not knocking it at all, but sometimes it can feel like it, you're, you're going through a, a, a formula. So this particular song was actually not within the, the allotted time of, of the writing sessions. It was just back at the Airbnb that we were all staying at uh, with some of the team. And it started from conversation. It started from, um, uh, I mentioned before, a guy named Taylor that's on our team. He had had this thought on his, on his heart um, about Lazarus and this kind of journey um, that he had been on trying to see uh, the things like Lazarus raising from the dead um, in his own life, he felt like he had found a spot um, where he had to, he kind of had to ask God, Hey, uh, I'm, I'm struggling with this. I, I, I'm, I'm doubting. I, I, I feel like I'm in this journey of, of wrestling with the fact that there's all these things in scripture that I've never seen with my own eyes. And so he just went out in faith and started praying to see those things. And uh, time after time, after time, he started seeing these amazing things happening, including some of the stuff that we've now seen from this song. So he came in with this idea of Lazarus and uh, they wrote a little bit of the song the first night um, at that Airbnb. And the second night they, they said, Hey, you want to come down and, and check out the song we're writing? I said, absolutely. Um, and immediately we had the bridge um, and, and wrote the rest of the verses. Um, and then it kind of got quiet in the room and uh, our keyboard player, uh, Jace, he's our guitar player, keyboard music director. He just was playing the progression and we're all sitting there and it, it, you felt the presence of God in the room. Um, and at that moment, I felt like for me, God was, was asking me to be, uh, to do two things. One, to be vulnerable about my story. Um, but then, uh, to also write it down and, and to share it. Um, at the time I was like, maybe this is just for the room. Like, maybe it's just to like, for me to get this off my chest and to praise God and, and to be, um, with brothers and sisters and, and celebrate this together. But, um, all that to say in the moment, I, I wrote down the testimony verse, um, and it was really hard. I, I, I found the voice memo the other day. I went back and listened when I first sang the testimony verse after I'd written and I, I could barely get it out. I was crying so hard. Um, but, uh, we shared it in the, and I shared it in the whole room. Um, I mean, start instantly started crying. We 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 all knew together that um, God was doing something special. Now, I'd never intended for it to go on the album, uh, but we showed the record label and a few of the other people on our team, and their 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 response was, "You cannot release this this song if the testimony verse isn't on there." <laughs> and so, <laughs> of course, we ended up putting it on there. Um, and and the thing I wanted to share is that now, as a result of that like I told you about the person who was blind and now saw, we have seen 10, 15 uh, versions of that as we've been doing it. And I want to encourage anybody who's listening. Um, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, our God is still the God of Acts chapter two. In fact, he says that he's going to pour out his spirit on, on all people in the last days. And um, it says that the young men will dream dreams that even old men will have visions. And um, I think that the crux of what, I take away from that is that if you're alive, God's not done with you yet. 
Um, there's still more to be written in your story. In fact, one of the lines in the song is we say God rewrites history. Your, your old story, your history uh, might not be what you want it to be, but thank God that you've been given a future through his grace. Um, and so my prayer and encouragement to everybody who listens to the song, um, who hears that, uh, who dives into the scripture that the song is based around with Matthew 7 and Acts chapter 2, um, that you do encounter the living presence of God who is still working miracles today, because I believe um, that he is no different than he was in the Old Testament. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and he, he can work in your situation no matter what it is. All we have to do is just ask, seek, knock, watch the door swing And that was Pour Your Spirit Out by Thrive Worship. And I'm so glad that Corbin Phillips is still here with us for the artist interview. Corbin, it would be wonderful. You shared so much from your heart. Amazing story of that healing. And I do believe that God is a God of miracles and can bring change right now to listeners' lives. Would you be happy to pray for us? Oh, I would love to. God, uh, number one, I thank you so much just for... um, the, the opportunity to be able to share this music, Lord Jesus, the, uh, the calling that you've put on our team, um, the, just the ability to, to be able to share this. And so I pray right now, Lord, maybe there's someone walking through um, a divorce, Lord. Maybe there's someone walking through um, a trouble with a, a teenager or with someone, one of their kids, Lord. If somebody's walking through uh, something that their, their job that just seems insurmountable, Lord, I, I believe that you are still the God uh, who works miracles, that you are still the God that can move mountains. And, and Lord, you say in your, your scripture that it, all we have to do is ask and it will be given, seek, we will find, knock, and the door will be open, Lord Jesus. You love to give good gifts to your children right now. And so in this moment, as I'm praying, Lord, I pray that you would just um, infiltrate each scenario, Lord, that um, wherever there needs to be restoration, that you would bring it, wherever there needs to be healing, that you would bring it, Lord, if it's in the body, if it's in the mind, um, Lord, wherever there needs to just be hope restored, Lord, if there needs to be um, just some challenging or encouragement, Lord, I, I know that your your word says that you're making everything beautiful in its time. And so I pray that the, the comfort of your Holy Spirit would just wash upon uh, every single situation right now, Lord Jesus. We recognize that um, when we ask for things, Lord Jesus, that uh, you are so ready and willing to do it, but sometimes it takes your timing. And so we uh, surrender to that. We submit to your sovereignty in these moments, Lord Jesus. And we recognize that no matter which way that you decide to work, Lord, it's all for the glory and the good of your name and for our testimony. So, Lord, Lord, we thank you and we love you very much. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Mm, Amen. Thank you so much, Corbin. While you were praying, I just felt like a weight on on my arms, on my my hands. And it wasn't a good weight. And I'm just thinking that there might be people listening who are carrying stuff that they just shouldn't be carrying, that they need 
to hand over to God. And maybe they've carried it for a long time and it's been stuff that has happened around them and they've picked it up and it's weighing down heavily on them. Would you be happy to pray for people to be able to hand stuff over to God yeah. and trust him with the stuff that they're carrying that they're holding on too tight to? Yeah. God, thank you for the promise that your yoke is easy, your burden is light. Um, I pray right now, Lord, whoever is is in need of this prayer, Lord, that they would recognize that um, there is nothing too big to lay on your shoulders, Lord Jesus. Uh, we're not designed um, to carry that weight, Lord Jesus. We, it's very clear. That's why you sent your son. That's why he wore the weight of our sins. Lord, it's why he resurrected so that he could uh, finalize that. So I pray right now, Lord, whoever is in need of, of laying down their burdens at your feet. I pray that that happens in this moment. Give them peace. Give them joy. Show them the light at the end of the tunnel. Remind them that they have a hope and a future in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank, thank you, Corbin. Um, and if you're listening right now to, to myself and Corbin chatting about this Jesus and you're not quite sure who we're talking about or what this relationship can be like. Just want to encourage you, if you're in the UK, get along to www.findachurch.co.uk. There are many thousands of churches that would love to help you know more about God's amazing love. And if you're elsewhere in the world listening on one of our partner stations, contact the studio and ask them to pick you up with a really great church. I know they would love to do that for you. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. The track we just played, Pour Your Spirit Out, that's been out for a while now, but there's a new version coming out featuring the wonderful Ben Fuller. So that's what, due the end of May 2023. So we had Ben uh, recently on the Artist Interview. How, how did that collaboration come about? Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. So um, I, ironically, I've only met Ben one time. Um, I met him backstage. We, we were just on a, a tour called Winter Jam for the last uh, three months. So the earlier part of this year, we were on it for three months. Who, who was on Winter Jam? So there was Ben, that was you? There was a few bands on there. Um, they had We had Ann Wilson, um, Jeremy Camp. Uh, they, let's see who else was there. Andy Minio. Uh, we the kingdom a lot of a lot of great people on there um but we played a show in nashville and ben ended up coming to the show and was backstage he knew our manager a guy named um stephen brewster was an absolute gem of a human being uh, and a rock star um i had seen ben's videos come up on my instagram which is so funny and i i had i'd been following him i was like man i'd love to meet that guy like it seems like such a cool story and uh like i just it feels like god's moving in his life and I, it was the craziest thing. I'm, I'm backstage and he like taps me on my shoulder. I turn around. I'm like, you're Ben Fuller. <laughs> <laughs> and I shook his hand. He's like, I said, man, I love what you guys are. I love what you're doing. That's it's amazing. I love your music. And he goes, I love what you guys are doing. I'm like, oh man, how do you even know who we are? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, but it was really cool. It was like this really beautiful uh, moment of just like God was working in, in both of our, our hearts and had drawn um, kind of like our, our art together without us even meeting. Um, and so that moment of, of connecting, it felt like, okay, there's, there's something here. God's, God's doing something. And so um, within a few weeks after that, I, our manager reached out to me and said, Hey, would you ever consider having Ben um, feature on a song? I was like, are you kidding? I would love that. That'd be amazing. And so uh, we, we are on this um, project right now to release an EP of Pour Your Spirit Out to kind of widen the impact that we've already seen with that song. And so um, it just made so much sense with his story and, and, and our heart for the song for him to feature on it, um, which was really amazing. And the dude's voice is just unbelievable. <laughs> it really is. And, 
And not only has he got a fantastic voice, his heart is oh, amazing. So Absolutely love the guy. So, so what what a treat to have the two of you work together. That's yeah. that's a win win situation. Absolutely loving it. So, so you so you only met him once. So, but when you did the song, where how did that so get recorded? There? That's the craziest part. That's this is living in in the the year that we live in after everything's digital. Uh, but he was on tour with. Um, I'm trying to remember now. We are messengers. And uh, I ended up talking to him and his producer on the phone. Um, and they had a little mobile rig out on the road and he recorded his vocal and sent it over to me. And I brought, I put it in my Pro Tool session and sent it over to Mix. And there we went. <laughs> Job done. <laughs> wow, that makes it all sound really quite easy. But <laughs> but it's it's not easy to get that good at singing though. So, um, no, so but, but uh, that's, that's, that, that is very cool. So tell us a little bit about the EP. You just mentioned it. What, what's going on there? Yeah. And like I said, I think what we've been trying to do is, it, it, you know, there's so many reasons why um, artists put out songs and and none of them are bad. But I think for us, um, we really want to make sure with every release that we do that there's a purpose and there's a ministry to it. And um, truthfully, with the the just the miraculous that we've seen with, with Pour Your Spirit Out, we felt like God wasn't done um, with that story, with that song, with that message. Um, and so we're trying to give just a wider range of, of opportunity for people to listen to the song. It, one of the versions on there is just a lo-fi remix so that, um, you know, if it pops up on a, a lo-fi playlist on Spotify, people are going to hear a few little tidbits of, of the testimony and, and it's going to be kind of in this ethereal track. We put an acoustic version on there because we want um, some, maybe there's a lot of churches that that do a little bit more stripped back version of, of weekends and whatnot. We wanted to provide an opportunity and a version of the song that they could hear it in their context for their church, their people. Um, and then obviously the one with Ben, I just thought that was such a cool uh, little gift to be able to put um to let him in, in on the story and, and kind of help him or help us uh, carry the torch a little bit further, which is really cool. So yeah, ultimately our, our heart and our mission with it is to just widen the reach. That sounds like a good thing to be doing. Cause I'll tell you what, absolutely cracking track. So, um, so, and I think it's one that's going to make a difference to people as well. So I love, I love your heart really just wanting so. to get the goodness of it out as far as you can. So in fact, if people want to be singing it in their church and things like that. How, how yeah. is there a place you can go and find like the chords, charts, something like that to be able yeah. to, to play it? Yep. So all of it's on uh, multi-tracks, on um, worship online, all, all those sites where you can find uh, church resources. Um, we've got our tracks on there. We've got our core charts, lyrics, all of that. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. So, um, what things are, is God talking to you personally then about at this time? What's he, what's he growing you in? So um, this has been a little bit of a journey that I've been on for a while and um, actually needed the help of someone else to articulate what I felt like God was was saying. And so um, we've been very fortunate to strike up a relationship with a guy named Leland. Um, and we spent some time riding with him um, over, the, over the last six months, uh, a couple of times. We wrote this one song called Show Me Your Ways, and we just got to record it with him, which was so fun. Um, but I felt like what what happened in the writing session is we, again, started on a conversation and Leland started pouring his heart out. He had seen this message, and I'm going to blank on the guy that the message was from. Um, but basically, the, the, the concept of the message is that we're always looking for, um, you know, God's blessing or God's 
future or whatever that it is that we're searching after when the reality is he just wants us to be in his will and his ways. Um, and I felt like it just like instantly it gave words to something that had been stirring in my soul and my heart. Um, you know, as, as a, uh, a musician, as a creative, you're always going, what's God doing? What's like, what's the next thing I can go after? I'm very driven. I'm very yeah. passionate. I love to, uh, I love to spend time like creating music and art. Um, and I feel like in a weird way that God has been speaking to me, why don't you just rest in my will and my ways? And there's so much freedom that I've started to find from that. Like it's, there's no striving in that, in that mindset. There's no, um, there's no searching in that mindset. There's just only reacting to God's presence and will. Um, and I'm not saying it, it gives you permission to uh, stay stagnant. I don't ever think God's calling us to do that. Um, but I, what I do think is that he's calling us to rely on him and to be dependent upon him. And so uh, I think it's just been a very like healing and I'm, and I'm working through all of this as well in the moment, but I feel like what God's just speaking so clearly right now is rest in my ways and my will. Oh, that's lovely. I like that. I'm going to try and receive that for myself because I think that sounds, good, you sounds like a good, a, a good, place. a good place to be starting things from actually. So, yeah. um, I, de- I definitely believe that, uh, well, you can disagree with me if you like, but I think our highest calling every day is to receive God's love because he loved us first. Mm-hmm. And, and as we, as we receive oh. his love, then we can love him back and then other stuff falls into place, but it's very easy to get distracted by everything else. And I've got to do this for God and I've got to do that for God. And I've got to do all these other things in life rather than yep. just receiving his love first and letting the rest of the stuff come from the place of the stuff you receive from him. So that's a cool thing for you to be doing though. Just, getting getting the goodness of god so okay um uh, and what about practical stuff going on with the band tell us about how many people are in thrive music because i've mentioned your name numbers of times you've mentioned tyler but it's more than just you and tyler isn't it yeah so we've got um it, the, the beauty of what we're doing is that it's it's birthed from our church and so a lot of it is is uh it's looking at what god's doing in the ministry of our worship at at bayside and um you know basically responding to his call on, on us creating music together. And so um, at, at any given time, there's, there's some torch carriers for sure. Um, myself being one of them, Taylor, um, there's, there's a few people that uh, have been a part of it since the beginning um, when we signed, which was Charmaine and Peter. Uh, we've got a girl named Melinda, who's just an incredible singer. Um, and then a guy named Christian Hushaw uh, that also has, has been singing on the last couple of projects with us. And um, it's the cool thing is I feel like God said this from day one of, of Thrive is it's just never going to be a uh, personality that that drives this. This is going to be um, just the ministry of, of our church. And so um, I love that because it creates a, a scenario where 10 years from now, it may not be me, but it may be whoever else God wanting to use at that moment. Um, and so we kind of look at it that it's a little bit faceless um, and just recognizing that it's just kind of like a, a movement rather than a band. Okay. That make, that makes loads of sense. And and it's good though, because it means longevity can can be there and yeah. you're leaving legacy as you, as you move on, new people, new people can come in. So in America, um, sometimes on the, on the news here, we see all sorts of different things about America. Yep. Could you tell us from your opinion where you are in California, what is God doing in America and what's America doing with itself? It's a great question. Um, and who knows, honestly, <laughs> um, here's what I will say. I, I believe that, uh, 
the last three years have been a journey for the entire world. Um, I think specifically for our country, we've just gone through a lot of, of turmoil, a lot of division. Um, but I do think that in the midst of all of that, there's almost like a um, chasm is the wrong word, but, but, a, but a, a void of, of things that um, have been left for, for the church. Um, and I think those are being, that's being start to, to be filled by a hunger for scripture, um, a hunger for the truth, a hunger for what God um, wants to speak to his people. Acts chapter two um, says in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all men, regardless of what you believe about your eschatology and, and, and times and all that. I, I, you have to imagine um that even, even Paul thought he was going to see the return of Christ. And so we're living in those days that God is pouring out his spirit. And I believe that uh, it's, inten- it's intensifying as we get closer. And so um, for me, what I believe that's happening in America right now is, is actually a, a kind of an undercurrent of a, a true revival. And, you know, I say true revival, I mean, it's getting back to um, what it means to be a devout follower of Christ, what it means to, to stay connected to his word, stay connected to his church. Um, and it's it's weeding out the things that um, have maybe shown to be false, um, maybe the things that have been uh, uh, an idol that we've placed instead of um, a relationship with Christ and, and done religion instead. And so, um, yeah, I believe that, that God's moving in America, just like he is throughout the world right now, uh, to bring his children home. Um, I, I, that's his goal is that he wants to see everybody with him for eternity. And so I think right now, uh, sometimes you need uh, something that's a little bit intense and a little bit crazy to provoke that kind of life change. And so um, God does not waste a crisis. And I believe that the crisis that the the world in our country has been going through, um, he's now turning for his good. And you're seeing so many people uh, dive into to the real thing and, and really want to seek after and, and uh, be a part of, of his family. And so I, I'm loving that. I think it's beautiful. Uh, I feel like what we've been doing, even just with music, and I've seen a lot of other friends that are doing music alongside of us, that they're just going after the heart of God. Wow, that's really exciting, actually. I, and I, I think something that you still have in America that we don't have so much in the UK is, is sort of cultural Christianity where people go yeah. to church on a Sunday because that's sort of just what they normally do Absolutely. on a Sunday. Um, so whereas I think in the UK, that's largely a thing of the past. Yeah. And now people will very much say, oh, not Christian, yep. never go to church, wouldn't, wouldn't even think about it. So you're saying you're seeing a shift where more and more people are actually getting into the heart of, of what Jesus is all about. Yeah, I think that, you know, I, and I know there's a lot of cultures that are going post-Christian across the world, and I pray that our country doesn't ever get to that, but it might be. Um, but even in the middle of that, uh, sometimes the church thrives the most when it's persecuted or when it's uh, has opposition. Um, and so I, I believe, and I'm seeing it um, all around, that, that, that the church is really rising up. And, um, and, and beyond that, I'm not talking about buildings. I'm talking about people of God. Um, we, you know, we are, we carry the the savior we carry the presence of god and so um a royal priesthood is rising up wow the bible we've talked about the bible being important i think so um so what's, what's your favorite bible passage or story which favorite bible story and why and that's really good so passage wise um it's actually in poor spirit ironically I've, I've it's been my life for since i was 12 which is matthew 7 7 um but i think story wise uh i've always really uh, related to um, you kind of like the 
the the dream coat of Joseph. Um, you know, like the basically the story of Joseph um, being abandoned by his brothers, sold. Um, but then this redemption story has because God placed this dream in his heart, and and it took so long to get to that dream. I mean, I think it was. 30 years or something, something, something like that. I should, I should check that 30 years or so before he saw the dream that God had placed on it in his, in his heart. Um, I feel like I relate to that so much that God places dreams in my heart and I haven't seen them all yet. Um, but I I've seen enough to know that he's going to be faithful. Um, I think too, one of the songs we just wrote is called always so good. It's, it's, um, uh, the most recent single we put out and it comes from Joshua four, which is another beautiful story. Um, and it's this concept of the Israelites are now um, following Joshua. Moses has, has just passed. And uh, God says, okay, Joshua, we're going to take the people into the promised land. And so they go to cross the river, uh, Jordan River. And as they're crossing, um, Joshua looks back and he tells, um, he tells t- people to grab 12 stones from the riverbed and bring them to the other side. He says, take the 12 stones and set them up as an altar. And the reason he tells him to do that is I, I want generation after generation after generation to remember that God was faithful to his people. Um, and I feel like for me, I've just seen too many things of God being faithful. Uh, even if I haven't seen the full story yet, I know he's going to be faithful. Uh, and then I'm, I'm now praying in my life that the decisions I make, the things that I do, whatever accolades I achieve, that it's it's nothing other than reminding my children and uh, the generations after them uh, that God is faithful and that he's going to continue the work that he started in us. Wow. Oh, what an encouragement. Absolutely. He does. He loves to complete the work that he starts and uh, he's so faithful and we can trust him with absolutely everything. Yeah. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music, this is the Hope FM Artist Interview. Record labels aren't easy people to actually get a contract with normally. Normally there's a process in there. Uh, you're with Integrity. Uh, yes. I, I have a lot of respect for Integrity. I think they do some amazing stuff with some great artists. So, so I think that's cool. You, you, were, you were being very modest to, to, to not mention who it was, but Integrity is great. So could you tell me, how did that come about? Yeah, so um, like I said before, we had a, an artist at the church named Lincoln Brewster who was uh, leading worship at the time. Um, he was signed with Integrity, and we had had an event that um, – that Lincoln was playing at that we ended up opening for him at the church. And so the, the record label came out and was there to see Lincoln. Um, no idea who we were. And we played our set and had a couple of uh, songs in there. I think, I think one of them at the time was, um, was a thousand more off the first project. And uh, they, they came over to Lincoln afterwards and said, Hey, what's going on with that, that opening band thrive or whatever it is, whatever it's called. And uh, he's like, Oh, they're, they're awesome. That's, that's our church band. That's, you know, they're, they've been writing songs and all that and said, hey, we, we'd be interested in having a conversation with them. And so one thing led to another um, really, really just awesome. And we feel so blessed to have been able to, to have that that um, opportunity to get in the conversation with them at, at all. But um, one thing led to another and, and we started a relationship about five years ago um, working together. So was, that, it, was I, it something you actively wanted and were seeking or was it just one of those God moments and it came together despite not looking for it. I'd say a God moment. I, I, I wouldn't say we 
we thought, yeah, that, you know, some people signed to record deals. And at the time we started to see people who weren't signing and still just releasing music. And so we had actually released a song before that with, without a record label. Um, and so we kind of just were going, maybe God just will do what he needs to do with this. Um, so it did fall in our laps a little bit. Um, but I will say one thing that I really, really love about integrity is their heart, their mission is the church. Um, the, everything that they do is uh, even the artists they sign. It's it's geared towards how do we just um, widen the reach and the the resource and the message for the church. And so it felt like when we signed with them, it was the the missions were lined up, and and it felt very uh, like a God ordained moment. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, what a great fit for two of you. And I'm glad that they happened to be there that night to, to hear yeah. you open. And I'm glad that everything's come forth. Because without integrity, uh, we would not have come across you either. And, uh, right. and it's great to introduce you to our listeners today. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, one other thing. Did we talk? We didn't talk about where to find you on social media and all the rest of it. Oh, right. Yep. So let's, yep. let's just do that. Okay. It would be helpful for listeners to know how they can connect with you. So uh, where do they go on social media or on the web to find you guys? Yeah, uh, any of the platforms. I believe that on uh, Instagram is the only one that's a little different. It's thrive underscore worship. Um, everything else is just thrive worship. Um, and then obviously um, we've got our website, thriveworship.band. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. Follow us thrive, on Spotify. Thriveworship.band. Yeah, Spotify. Can you buy physical CDs from you guys? You can. I should confirm that we can actually put it, that we have it on our site currently, but you, we do have physical copies that we sell. Okay, that's cool. So old school, but I like old school sometimes. Yeah, well, merch, can you get caps that say Thrive Worship? Yes, you can, and that's on our website. There you go. So you're not wearing a cap that says that. You're wearing a cap that says World Tour. World Tour. As a friend of mine named Tip Frank, he has a, a fashion line um, that he was doing for a while called World Tour, Spiritual World Tour. Okay, because I because I went onto your website earlier and I looked under the tour, uh, and actually on the tour it it says that we can book you, which is cool. I wouldn't mind you coming right. to the UK, but it but it didn't say any dates. So have you have you just had a section out on the road and then you're having a bit of rest time before? the next sort of thing that God might bring you away. Yep. Yeah. So we were, like I said, we were out for the the better half of the, the first part of the year, but, or better third um, of the first part of the year. And so um, taking a little bit of break here, uh, we're, we're heading out for a few conferences um, coming up this month or that are in June. Um, and then we're actually looking at putting some stuff together for the fall. So we'll, okay. we'll and some new dates on there soon. Is, is that all US based? Uh, I just had a conversation with a pastor in Ireland wanting to put together Ooh. a uh, a Europe tour. And what so- a, a very exciting thing to have found out about, a Europe tour. Okay, so it's definitely worth, for, for all our European listeners, getting onto the website and keeping plugged in. Maybe follow you on Instagram because yes. that will be a lot of fun. Oh, I, I do, and do you have a date for that? We don't have a date. Um, I was, like I said, I was talking to a pastor in Ireland. There's also a pastor in Manchester named Glenn Barrett um, that was actually out our, at our recording. And so we've had a few conversations and uh, no promises, but um, okay. that's, that's possibly on the docket. Okay. So, so 2024. Probably. Great. Okay. We're looking forward to that. Great. We got a probably. That, that's as near as a confirmation I'm going to be able to squeeze out of you. But but okay. That to me sounds really exciting. Talking to some of the best names in contemporary Christian music. This is the Hope FM Artist Interview. Is there, is there, I know you've given already two 
great testimony stories. One of a person who was blind in, I think you said, their right eye, getting their vision back in that, and your own testimony of getting healed from panic yeah. attacks. Have there been other times when people have talked about worshipping and, and what's happened to them in worship, and they've, they've told you just their story? Um, so there was one in particular, this was, this was kind of interesting. So we did a, uh, a conference that we were the kind of the band for, but it was a, a conference for production people. And the, the whole, um, the whole concept was, was basically coming in and getting a few days of practical training on lighting consoles, on audio consoles and, and whatnot. And so we were the, the band that was, you know, basically being mixed or lit or, or shot on video. Um, and, as a result of that part of the, the process in the, in the event is that we would play a worship set. And from the perspective of the conference, it was kind of like, here's the final product. Right. Um, but it was weird. We, and, and we kind of took the approach of like, it, it could be very uh, you know, dry to just go up there and play this and, and kind of just treat it like a performance. So we, we decided beforehand, we're just, we're going to pray over it. Like it's a church service and, and just do what, what we would do in church. And so um, we got up there, we welcomed people like we were in church, even though we had been uh, going through the conference with them for the last two days. Um, and we played a worship set and we played Pour Your Spirit Out and we, we prayed afterwards. And it was the weirdest thing. A bunch of church production people, um, you know, traditionally a little bit more rough around the edges, maybe not as emotional, but we sing this song and we pray and I pray if, if anyone needs to be healed, that they would. And all of a sudden, all these hands go up. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Um, and so we pray over them. And I start getting DMs. And I remember one in particular, I, I got one. And, and the guy says, you know, I, I have I got in a car accident 20 years ago. Um, I've got, uh, I believe he said he had a plate or something in his, in his spine um, that was from a result of the surgery and he had back pain chronically. Um, he said, you sang the song and you prayed instantly. I felt like there was a tingle in my spine and every single pain went away. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> just, wow. Just crazy stuff, amazing. Isn't it just yeah. the, the power, the power that is in worship is phenomenal. That is so cool. What, what a story. Unbelievable. And I think what was really cool is, as you also in that conference, um, it was a, a four or five um, event deal that we did across the country and so many salvations, people who are on, either on staff at churches or maybe they're just interested in what's going on. But I could not believe the amount of salvations that came out of the conference. Wow. I, and it is something that does sometimes worry me. People who serve as the production team behind the desks, behind the cameras, behind whatever it might be, it, it's, there's, there's that barrier between them and being yeah, actually right in the, the service. So I'm very grateful for all they do. Don't, don't get me wrong. They're amazing and, and they work so hard, but, but uh, amazing that you didn't just go and just sing to let them do the lighting, but worshiped and all, all that goodness came from it. So good. Talking of so good, <laughs> we have got one more track to play from Thrive Worship. Uh, it's called Always So Good. Tell us about it. Yeah, and this is that story of Joshua 4 that I shared a minute ago. But I think what's really, really unique about this is that uh, it's a it's a fun song. It's a very like faith-raising fun song. But if you're not careful, you'll you'll miss 
the the meat of it. Um, sometimes we sing fast songs or we sing fun songs in church and it's like, oh, okay, cool. It's not like, like a party. Um, but I think this one is so special because it has this beautiful moment in the bridge. And it, it all it says is it says, how many promises have, have you kept? How many times have you come through? I know you're not done yet, so I will worship you. Um, and I, I believe that uh, the story of Joshua and uh, the beautiful altar that they put up as a reminder to generation after generation that God's going to be faithful is what we wanted to articulate and we wanted to encapsulate in this song is that no matter what your journey is, no matter uh, maybe how many times it's felt like you've got beaten down or you've fallen or you've tripped or you messed up, like God is not done. He has an amazing story ahead of you and, and he's faithful to to complete that work, like I said, that he started in you. And so our, our prayer has really been as we sing this song that um, it does, it does lift your faith, that it reminds you that um, that God is, is at work in every single circumstance. You're always so good. Always So Good by Thrive Worship. And thanks so much to Corbin Phillips for sparing time to be with us today on the artist interview. Wow, quite some testimonies there. What an amazing guy. Such beautiful music. So I would encourage you to go and connect with them online, uh, listen to some more of the music and share it with other people as well because it's great. Talking of things that are great that could be shared, I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the artist interview. You know, there are many other episodes that you can catch up with online. Just go to your favorite podcast platform and search up The Artist Interview. Maybe try and search up The Artist Interview and the word Christian or Gordon or something like that, because it is there, I guarantee it. And it would be helpful to us if you liked it, subscribed, followed, shared with a friend, because there's so much goodness, so many artists, so many stories. We really want the blessing to get out there. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm your host, Gordon T, and I look forward to being with you on the next episode. God bless. You've been listening to The Artist Interview, a Hope FM podcast. Find us at hopefm.com forward slash The Artist Interview.